And you squashed that idea for me. That was a huge (laughs) moment. You're like, whoa, I'll never forget this. I started chipping and pitching. You're like, whoa. And welcome back to another part train. I'm your co-host, Evan Singer. We got Matt Cermak here as well. What's up, my man? Good to be back. We're rocking and rolling. You know, this episode is, I think, going to be a favorite. I can already tell it's going to be something that a lot of people benefit from because it's something a lot of people don't talk about. But before we go ah. to the short game, thank you guys for listening. The part train, in case you don't know, is all about, you know, you think it's a golf podcast, but it's really a blend, right? It's really taking concepts and using golf as a parallel to try and learn about life and get better in your life, right? So it's all about making life less frustrating than your golf game. What we say is if you can smile through bad shots on the golf course, you can do anything um, in life, right? So we have interviews from PGA Tour pros, best-selling authors, CEOs, and more. You'll learn to laugh through every up and down, harness the power of the mind, and get back on track both on and off the course. And before we get to the mental side of a good short game, we got to talk about our friends at Roback. If you're a partnering listener, you exclusively get 20% off. I'll tell you how to get that in a second. But first, instead of us talking about Roback like we normally do, I want to read a DM I just got named Luke Athens. Okay, he just, he just DM'd up, us yesterday on Instagram at the Partrain. If you're not following us, please follow us. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. A lot of great chatter, giveaways, etc. He goes, I only play in Roback polos now. They look and feel amazing. Just need to get those t-shirts back in stock. So there's a few things here. Number one, like we've said many times, once you start wearing their stuff, you never go back. Yeah. Literally. I I got that. I got that. I got got one of my six hats on right now, I think. I got a Q-zip on right now. I got my my polo on. They keep selling out because they're that good, right? So if you guys are hearing this, we got a dog in the background who's also excited about Roback. I mean, it's coming full circle. You can't do coupon codes at this moment because – coupon sites keep picking it up and then hundreds of people are using it and we have to you know have it for partnering listeners only so click on the link the show notes and what's going to happen is you're not going to see the discount right away you go through the checkout flow and then in your cart you'll see 20 percent off um so click on that link and get 20 percent off the best gear in golf really can wear it for anything um that's especially in these times everybody's it's the best work from home gear every day running errands. Go get it guys. Now let's get to this episode. So to give everyone context, Matt, you said this many times, people that listen for years know it, but you played D one college golf, right? Missouri state. And you are known as a short game guy. Yeah. Right. You don't hit it as maybe maybe long (laughs) as some of your players. Um, you're, you've never really been known as like ball striking as your strength, but I've played with you many times. I've seen the short game and I think people need to know not just how to get a good short game from a technique standpoint, but a lot of it's mental. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I wish I had a better, I wish my long game was a little more consistent, but like anything in golf, you've got to find ways to make it up, make up for it. So you're right. I've right. I mean, you know, I've done a lot of, we've done a lot of brainstorming and some work together. Like it, it, it's how do you approach your short game? We talk about the long game a ton. That's great. But everyone's like, well, I just don't, you know, I don't have the technique. Well, are you thinking the right things, right? When you get yeah. up to 
a chip or a pitch. And I think that's going to be, you know, that's fun what we're going to dig into here on this episode. Yeah, so let's get to it. Over a year ago, um, I had a member guest tournament in St. Louis. And I wasn't feeling, I had always wanted to, to work with Matt and just dig in on the short game, right? And I took a train from St. Louis, six hours to Chicago the week before. Wow. And hops, we, hops just, Amtrak. we just went to Harborside Golf Club and just had a day on short game. And my mind was literally blown. Matt told me things that were different than I thought that I had been doing for 15 years incorrectly. And a lot of it was mental approach. A lot of it was technique. And so what I hope out of this episode is a lot of you get those same aha moments that transform your game around the greens. Because ever since that moment, my short game has been exponentially better. And more importantly, a year ago, you made the shootout at the member guest in St. Louis with our buddy Ryan. Yep. Yep. All right, so let's get to it, Matt. Let's get to it. I think the first place to start is some people might hear, you know, mental side of a good short game, and they'll think, fuck mental. I'm chipping or I'm, I'm chunking and sculling the ball, you know, that's technique. That's in the yep. swing. That's flaws in my swing. Let's first address that monkey in the room and say, how important is technique versus the mental approach in the short game? Well, I think, I mean, for starters, if anybody's, I think a lot of the listeners here are looking to improve their game. It's important to take a short game lesson. Uh, what I think gets lost in lesson taking is, oh, I just, I'm going to go, and I'm just going to get a full swing lesson. I mean, I love, I wonder what the breakdown is between people going to get lessons from their local pro and it's a long game, a short game. And I'll bet even if there's a short game moment, it's putting, right? So yeah. invest in getting a lot, you know, if you don't really understand basic techniques about how far to take the club back on a chip versus a pitch, how much you should hit behind it in the sand, then you should get a short game lesson. And I don't think enough people think that way, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when they're spending their money. So f- get a short game lesson. So I think that's big, right? You got to know the basic fundamentals. But after you know that, there's a big, big element, right? When you get up to a chip or you get up to a pitch, first thing, Ev, what do I think we talked about was, you've got to look at the lie. Yeah. The lie dictates everything. Yeah. It dictates your technique. It dictates your strategy. And, and, and ultimately that, you know, how you're going to execute. And um, um, I, I think that that's something I learned from a very, very young age. And, you know, whenever you and I were talking about short game and working on short game, I thought we had quite a few good moments, and interesting conversations about that, especially based on your experience with approaching short game. But for me, the lie and, you know, in, in the fairway too, is the fairway cut long? Is the fairway cut short? Right. And then when you get to the rough, is it buried? Is it sitting up? You know, and then that's where it all starts. Yeah, that was a moment. That was an aha moment for me because there was a, it was very minor in the sense of it's just a thought difference, right? It's, it's a strategic difference in the sense that instead of walking up to a chip or a pitch, what I think most people do, what I used to do, is you're thinking a lot about your technique and you're thinking a lot about what not to do. And so you're either looking at the hole, you don't really think a lot, and you're like, ah, I really hope I don't chunk this or something like that. And then 
you hit it and you know, whatever the result is, it goes long, you chunk it, whatever. Um, I thought it was a very freeing moment when I started approaching things like, okay, here's the example you gave me, Matt, in our session, right? You said, if it's a good lie, if it's sitting up, it's a sweep. I think you call this sweep, right? Yeah. Um, Same thing. Or brush. Yeah. Very simple back and through. Um, keep everything quiet. We'll get to that in a second. Um, you can use your hands and your arms and your wrists and do a nice smooth sweep and just let the club do the work. Right. That's very different than it being a little sitting down a little bit and you got to gouge it. Right. That means you got to, you got to, the club's basically hit, you're hitting down on it. The club's basically stopping after it hits the ball. Right. It's you're punching it out basically. You're getting steep punching, popping, right? You got to go, if the ball's sitting down, the rough, you got to go after it. Got to go after it, right? And I think that was so freeing because now I'm going to the member guest, right? And my focus mentally, it's funny how this happened automatically. My focus went from, oh, I don't want to mess up this shot or thinking about that water long, you know, with a potential skull to, all right, what lie do we have? All right, it's sitting up. <laughs> That's a sweep or a brush, right? And yep. then I was so focused on what I was trying to do. And we've talked a lot about that in mental game episodes about the power of verbalizing and the power yep. of really thinking through what I'm trying to do. Yep. And that little tip really helped me. I think, if, I think if you, I remember talking to you after the tournament, I felt like it just put you at ease. Yeah. Right? Totally. <laughs> right? Yeah, it totally put me at ease. And so I think it's, so it let like me step hit on. One. We had, you had a new step one. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that was key. I think the second piece of this, that was maybe the biggest aha moment. And this is funny because I've played, you know, you get matched up with people and I got matched up with a guy last week. We were playing this little executive course in LA called Westchester. I, I haven't played twilight golf in a long time. And, we, were, we teed off at like 5 p.m., right? It was fun, just a casual Love round. That. And this guy hadn't played golf in five years, was picking it back up. And, you know, obviously you see a bunch of flaws and you're not going to, I'm not going to say anything about a swing unless someone asks me. So I'm no, I don't necessarily consider myself an expert, you know? Um, but around the greens, it's funny, right? Um, it made me remember how for literally 10 to 15 years, I used to think a sh- the short game was a bite-sized version of my swing, right? And so as someone that has struggled with finding a good takeaway, right, kind of always tweaking and honing in on my takeaway, that was leading to me having a different short game feel all the time. So I felt like I was constantly right. resetting, reinventing the wheel with I would go, like, let's say I'm finding something new at the range. I would then think, oh, okay, okay, I wonder how this translates around the greens. And you right. squashed that idea for me. That was a huge <laughs> moment. You're like, whoa, I'll never forget this. <laughs> I started chipping and pitching. You're like, whoa, your whole body is moving right now. Like you're right. hitting a yep. full shot. Like you're ready to hit at 150, you know, yeah. like draw it in there. And I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Right? And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Keep it quiet. Right. Find your. Well, I think the big thing. Well, yeah, and add some feel to this. 
yeah. right? You were kind of, you know, and obviously it's good to think about your big muscles when you're hitting full swings, right? Yeah. You know, but like short game is about feel and about touch and about creativity. And I think, and, and because you're a good player and, 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 and talented, you know, you were able to kind of flip that switch. But if I didn't tell you, you were just trying to like, just have right, look, really focus on your mechanics and your mm-hmm. motions as opposed to, you know, what does it take to just get that ball out of there? <laughs> right. Or what is it, you know, so I think that's a huge misconception, right? You, like you said, you learn these full string mechanics, you want to translate them into your short game. And that's not all really good, you know, because you just seem so rigid. Like you're a one, you know, you're a one trick pony. I think we turned yeah. you into a 10 trick pony, maybe a horse, you know, ten trick. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, you, you hear these things like in putting, for example, right? You hear, don't break your wrists. And then in chipping and pitching, I think so many of us are afraid to shank it or skull it that you try and take out as many variables as possible, right? And in, in the swing, you're not supposed to take it back with your hands. You're supposed to take it back with your shoulders and your big muscles, right? And so I remember when you told me, whoa, whoa, swing with your, just your arms. I was, there was a part of me that almost felt like, well, no, that's in, that's incorrect. That's going to create bad habits. I'm not supposed to be doing this. But the moment that I realized, no, 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 no. The short game is different. The short game is (laughs) It's mutually exclusive than the full swing. I'll never forget when you said, you got good hands. Use your hands. <laughs> You're like, I've never heard that. <laughs> I'm literally like, to... I have good hands. I didn't know yeah. I had good hands. Like, yeah. obviously, I, I played baseball. And, right. you know, I've been, in, I've been in sports my whole life. And so it, right. that was another freeing moment. I think we just kept having these, like, aha moments where I just felt right. so free. Right. And you're like, use your hands. And yeah, it might go a little inside or yeah, it might hands roll. But like for the first time ever, I feel like I have control around the greens. Right. And worst case, you know, I'm going to be 15 feet. Best case, I'm going to stick it. Right. You no? Know? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that that was it, right? I think you've got to, like you said, you got to separate the two. You know, yeah. don't worry. You got your full swing instruction that you're going to work on, right? And you got your short game and you've got to tap into, I don't know, almost like the inner kid in you, right? Yeah. Because you, re, you reframed your whole approach. All right, what's the lie, right? Am I going to use my arms versus my hands? And remember, and I think this is important for the listeners, the lie is also then dictates the ball position, mm. right? Yeah. You know, and I think we really got into some good conversation about that. I mean, if that ball, you know, is sitting down and buried, you've got to get back in your stance because when you get back in your stance, you get your weight on your left side. If you're a right-handed player, that helps gets the club steep. You take it up and then come down on it, right? Yeah. If that ball's sitting really up, you know, and you've got to, you don't have a lot of green to work with, put it up in your stance and, you know, tilt your shoulder back and just make a normal swing, right? So. Yeah. The lie, you know, what I always learned, it's like, you know, it's angles of geometry, right? Look at the lie, and that's going to dictate how you measure to the ball, yeah. you know? And, and then you started doing, you started using your hand, like, hey, let's see a hand shot, right? Or let's see an arm shot, right? And you, now you felt like you had options. And I think anybody who's trying to improve their short game needs to first work on it more, get a lesson, but then think about 
you know, how to be, how to be creative, you know? Yeah. So that's the shot, right? Now let's think about the, the aim or the, yeah. the, the aiming point and the, the approach. So I was talking to my girlfriend about this, you know, cause she's used to play, used to be a good player in high school. It's now getting back into it since we've been dating. And, um, I've been helping her with a lot of the mental game stuff we're working on that we talk on, on the show. And, um, it occurred to me, she was making the same mistake I was around the greens where her full swing was coming around the greens, right? A miniature version of it. And so I helped her. She's been doing so much better. Like you yeah. taught me. But then I realized, oh, there's another very common mistake she's making. She just looks at the hole and says, okay, I need to hit this close to the hole. You look at the hole and then you hit. And what I find is a lot of times that goes 20 feet past the hole, right? And you're not actually taking the time to really think through. Now, some of this is practice, right? Oh, yeah and understanding the way you hit chips. If you're really good, you can figure out different ways that come with the ball where sometimes it lands soft, other times it rolls. We can talk about that. Sometimes it bites. Um, but for the general player, right, I think most of the time they hit a similar pitch and chip type shot because they don't know anything else. Right. And it's mostly about picking a spot. Where do you want to land it? And understanding what's going on. Like, is the whole, is there a lot of green to work with, right? Does that mean you want to take it low? We can get into that, high versus low. But then also, is there a slope? And how far do my chips usually go, right? Yeah. And do, I, do they really roll out where I don't really need to give it a lot, right? And that, I think, is really important because, that again, people may think that's technique, but actually, that's a mental approach. Absolutely. That is or really lack of mental approach because I think right. the majority is people are so focused on the trouble and not making a mistake that they lose sight of what they're trying to do. Sure. And so I feel like so much of good golf is simply just very easily asking yourself, what am I trying to do here? Right. Uh, you know, a lot of the times, you know, if you're playing a decent course, especially with bunkers around greens, a lot of the time when you miss the green and you're chipping or pitching, it's going to be a difficult shot. Unless you're short, right, and you're chipping back uphill, yeah. then you can, you know, be aggressive. But a lot of times, when you're right, you're left, you're long, it, it's not going to be an easy up and down, right? So, all right, and you probably might not get a good lie because fairways is usually just short of the green. You're going to be in some sort of rough. So, where am I going to land it? And then, where do I have to put it? Miss it, right? We talk about missing it in the right spots with full mm -hmm. swing. But where does it, if it doesn't get close, where, where do I need to putt from? Because, you know, too often when you just like, you know, think about the hole, you're going to get aggressive, you're going to chip it off the green, right? Yeah. I, think, I think sometimes we put too much pressure on, you know, just trying to chip it so close and we end up making a double bogey, right? So yeah. that chipping it to 10 feet, you know, gives me a chance for par and, you know, you know uh, taking double out of the equation, right? Yeah. But where am I going to land it, right? And where can, where can the ball not go, right? You know, it's just like, you know, chipping it to bigger areas, right? Everybody wants oh. to go right at the flag, but if, well, if there's more green to the right and you aim just a little bit to the right, you have an eight or nine footer, but eh, maybe, maybe you pull it a little bit. Like we, right. and he ends up real close, you know? So that's got to, that frees up the mind. To me, what it comes down to, if, if people can just do these two things, I would, 
I would guess and say you can shave at least four shots off every round. If you, before every shot around the greens, obviously full swing too, but since we're talking about short game, around the greens, what am I trying to do? To how do I give myself a chance? Right? And what I mean by yeah. how do I give myself a chance is this is the thing that pros do the best. Meaning, you see this on TV all the time. Let's say DJ hits it long, right? Thick rough, sloping back to front. So it's it, the, the flags in the back. So you got no yeah. green to work with. You're in Olympia thick was rough. a great example this past week. Where, you know, yep. Greens were firm, rough was thick. Yep. And so a lot of times you see in this moment, the pro hits it 30 feet past the flag. And you think to yourself as a fan, well, that was terrible. And then you hear the announcer say, well, that's the best he could do there. But what that really means is, yeah, they're incredible players. If they really wanted to try and hit a really delicate shot where it lands right on the fringe or hits in the rough and then bounces out to like three feet, they could probably do that one out of 10 times. But the downside of catching it fat and leaving it in the rough, now they have to get up and down for bogey. Right. right, so now doubles into play. And your mind's already then starts spiraling. So then you're <laughs> trying to solve the next time you pitch to not do that again. So then you hit it right. really long, right? Now you got a tough two putt. So I guess the point is, is that take what it gives you, right? And Correct. so what I mean by give yourself a chance is put it in a place, you know, I make bombs sometimes. I'll make a 20-footer. Sure. You didn't expect that. You didn't necessarily think you would. But because I left myself that, I gave myself a chance. So if you well, give yourself chances and you know what you're trying to do, I think you're going to be exponentially ahead of most you know, regular players. I think this is a good way to look at it. I know you like to set many goals for yourself, too, when you're playing around. You know, if you're shooting 80, not you, but just anybody, if you're shooting 86, but you think you should be shooting 82, think about what's happening around the greens and where you're losing strokes. So... You know, or if it's 94 and you think you should be shooting 89. When you have those kind of tough pitches and chips, make a goal. Hey, I'm just going to put this. I'm going to chip it to the middle of the green, to 15 feet. I'm going to chip it. And you do it and do it as opposed to like, well, I'm going to try and chip this close. Like actually have a concrete mm. plan and then count up how many times you did that. And, you know, that's how you take double bogey out, right? Where are you yeah. going to find those four shots? Yeah. You're going to find them. You know, look, sometimes off the tee, if you hit it out of bounds, you hit it in the water, you know, you're going to make a double. But you can't be making doubles around the greens. And it happens because people don't have a plan. Right. Right. And they're so focused on getting up and down for par. You'd be surprised. Like you said, you can roll in a 12-footer. You can roll yeah. in a, you know, but you know that for sure you could two-putt that, you know. Right. Um, so, you know, I would, I would really, you know, advise people to just, really kind of really get free up their thinking think a little outside the box on, on chipping and pitching take your I, medicine I the love example that. about so, the pros is great yeah i love that when we when i was working with TaylorMade years ago and hank haney joined their staff and we were building out his we were building out a digital platform for him for people to to learn and get better from he said in an, in an interview with him he said three things you can't do three three ways that uh, amateur golfers lose strokes. It's penalty shots off the tee, two chips around the green, 
and three putts. And two chips means it took you more than one shot around the green to get on the green. So you chunk a yep. chip. You d- don't get out of the bunker, right? It takes you two shots to get out of the bunker. I think a lot of people listening can probably empathize with two chips, right? And three putts. And two chips, I think, is the easiest one to eliminate. Because to me, two chips is more mental than you think, right? Because, Matt, it's interesting. Some people might have just thought when you said this, aim to 15 feet. Like, that's no way to play golf. Now I'm, like, playing it way too safe. I'm playing defensive. I'm playing not to make double. But I think what you mean is, as an experiment, it would be interesting to say, if you took a round, and instead of you trying to chip it close every time, if you tried to chip it to 10 or pitch it to 10 feet in the middle of the green, I bet you you'd save four shots just as an experiment. I mean, it's easier to chip to bigger targets, right? Yeah. And, I, and like I said, I'm not saying if you, you have a short chip, if you're in the fairway or if you're 10 feet away, don't, don't try to chip it in to make it. But it's when you have these tougher chips and you have these tougher pitches, yeah. you know, when the greens are a little smaller and when the rough's a little deeper, you know, or if you're in the bunker for that matter, just, you know, make it a little easier on yourself. And the less doubles we make, the less stressed out we're going to be. Right. Well, speaking of stress, <laughs> right, a lot of times when we've had people on this show and they talk about mental approach and what the pros do, a lot of it is risk mitigation, right? Yep. And so you see the pros pick a club and aim to the fattest part of the fairway. They do the same thing with the greens, Yep. right? And so I think it's, it's really important to think about it's when I, I don't know if a lot of people understand it when you listen to a pro after the round and they say, you know, they're really thinking their way through the course. Right. Course management is something that takes a while because I it think does. people spend so it's hard to say, well, I manage that course when I'm barely hitting the ball. Right. And right. I'm chunking it and I'm sculling it and I'm starting out. Right. right. And I, I get that. I think, you know, you got to get to a place where you feel like you can hit the ball somewhat consistently but right. I think the beautiful thing about this conversation is it doesn't matter what handicap you are. Right. You can fix I, these things around the green. A hundred percent. You know, if you play enough and, you know, you're like you're a beginner player, but you understand, you know, the motion to chip it, right? Well, if I tell you to chip it there, you know, in that narrow spot, right, you know, right near the flag, or if I tell you to chip it there, there's more room, I can bet that, you know, you, you will feel more comfortable at, at ease to try to – hit that shot right yeah and then as you get better at doing that you can find ways to be more aggressive throughout the round but it's about especially when you're starting out and you're playing off it's about how many times can hit the ball solid right and that goes for chipping pitching and bunker too because a lot of times those are the toughest areas so that's a mini goal right like man well you know what i you know i chipped it to 15 or 20 but i hit it solid right (laughs) you know what i mean i didn't because too often or not the your mind just, you know, you see skulls and you see chunks, you know, or you yeah. see a couple chunks and then a skull. So I think, you, like you said, anybody can, anybody can translate, take this kind of theory on chipping and pitching and put it into your game tonight at Twilight, you know. On- Let's talk about high and low for a second, because yeah. I think this is another area that a lot of people struggle with. 
um, especially, you know, high handicappers is again, it goes back to the same idea. What do I have in front of me? Yep. The lie, but also the shot. So do I have a lot of green to work with? You know, is it just off the green and the pins in the back and I got yep. a whole green to work with, or is it in the front with a false front? Yep. Right. And you got to go a little bit beyond the flag. Like first it's that, but then two, it's the intention and awareness of, well, what type of shot is highest percentage here? And I think a lot of us uh, early, really in the majority, I think, don't think about that. And, yeah. so, and to be fair, some people might not know how and to do anything. Other. Chipping and pitching it high when you're starting out is scary. Yes. Is it not? <laughs> because that brings in the skulls, that brings in the shanks. And so I think yeah. a lot of us, as a defense mechanism, close the face yeah. and bring it back closed and just try and get it out there, right? But I think yeah. you taught me a lot of great things too that like there are ways, a lot of teaching professionals and pros talk about getting the ball on the ground as quickly as possible, right? Yeah. And this takes practice, so, but let's talk about that for a second. When you so hit high, t- yeah. when you don't, and how to do it as simply as possible so that you, you don't need to spend hours you know, learning and practicing this stuff, like just by, just by this, a different approach, you can actually save strokes. Well, well, let's talk about hitting it low first, right? Okay. And I, you know, I, and I think, you know, when you're off the green, you know, typically when you've got more green to work with, you know, and you, you hit it lower. When you have less green to work with, you hit it higher. That's just kind of the general rule, right? right. If you can, but to your point, Ev, especially when you're hitting, when you're hitting it low, you've got multiple clubs you can use, mm-hmm. right? And I think people, I think it too often, everybody, you know, and everybody has their own theory, like about, but I think as you're getting better in your, you know, with your handicap, don't be afraid to use your nine iron or your eight iron, or maybe you want to start with your pitching wedge, because too often I see one club chippers. Right. You know? and unless you're really good. That's what I want like to my talk brother about Joe, next. who played one on, like, shippers. unless you're really good, like my brother who played on the Canadian tour, who chips with his 58, whatever he does, and he's got the best hands. You, unless you're him, you've got to be thinking creatively because you're mitigating risk, right? So if you've got if you've got a 40 foot chip, you're in the fairway, you're in the fringe or in the fairway in front of the green. That's a lot of green. A lot of people just take the 58 or 60, try to fly it there, and try to spin it there. And too often or not, they're hitting it to 10 or 12 feet because they can't control it. What about as we worked on taking a nine iron? setting it up more like a putt, right? Because you're just far enough off the green where you can't putt it, and then maybe the green, you know, the fairway's not cut, you know, tight enough. So you've got to definitely chip this, but set, remember what you set up like a putt, you, you know, and you just kind of make it more of a putting motion to get that ball rolling on the green quicker, and you're not playing with the spin factor, right? right? And I think and, and I think it's a smaller motion. Very, Correct. Smaller swing motion, exactly. which means there's less room for error in the swing. You like big muscles. It's much more of like arms, you know, kind of your arms and your shoulders, you know, just kind of rocking. And, you know, you take a nine iron, you know, it's just, just gets a little high to, to, to land on the green, but it rolls, right? Yeah. And you really take the skull and the chunk out of play. Yep. That is because when you're trying to hit, you know, 
you know, spin her 60s all the time or, or carry it far to a certain distance, it's just, a, it's just a tougher shot to do. It's a tougher shot for me to do. You know, you just, you know, so, but yeah. too often or not, people aren't practicing with their nine irons, with their eight irons. If it was 70 feet, say you have a seven layer up, par five, you hit it close in two, take a seven iron. You know, and, and just and it's the same shot, right? Because that yeah. ball needs to travel even further, but you want to get it on the ground even quicker, right? Because a nine iron, you'd have to fly it even, you know, maybe a third of the way, right? So, you know, I I, I think when you're chipping low, you know, you've really got you've got a lot of clubs to pick from. Obviously, we can talk about chipping high, and you you got to use your fifty-eight or your sixty, right? But you, but I mean, that's fun too when you get up to a shot, right? You're like, oh. You know, use it. Can use a nine here. I could, you know. Um, well, let's talk about comfort for a second. Yep. You you touched on it a little bit earlier, but comfort has a big thing to do with this, right? Because I think people have heard this many times. We're obviously not the first people to talk about this. It's very common to say get the ball on the ground as fast as possible. But I think the reason why most people don't do it is either ego or or lack of comfort. Meaning yeah. most people grab their sand wedge around the greens and that's what they know. That's what they feel comfortable yeah. with. And they do that. The other is ego where you don't want to sometimes, you know, for better or worse, you don't, you, you think it's sexier to fly it there because everyone else is. And you, I'm going to stop you there for a second. Do you yeah. really, and, and I'm not being snarky. Do you really feel, see that? Like, do oh, you yeah. think they're, Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just curious based on because guys you play with or people you talk to. It's interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think sometimes it can come off like uh, either a little bit scared or a little bit like a cop out to take, you know, I've seen guys 30 yards off the green bump it up and, and then the players say like oh yeah guys are like oh what the hell is that right yeah. like you know oh, but okay. here's the ironic thing about it though matt when someone bumps a shot like that on the ground 30 yards off the green and they put it to like five feet it seems to get the yeah. best reaction though when you do it well that's the funny thing yeah is because and i think it's because not everybody <laughs> feels comfortable with it the, yeah it and so when someone does it well, play out. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a little bit of like envy and appreciation for it because I think people know, like, for example, me, right? Yeah. I feel more comfortable right now do, using my wedges. So 60, 56, and 52. Um, but I would say I don't use my 52 that much i am more comfortable with using my 60 and 56 but then i put it in front or in the back of my stance and i can use my hands to roll it or fly it i don't necessarily feel like i need the nine iron but i say that to you because i don't practice the nine iron and i rarely do it so in a round i would much rather manipulate it with my hands and roll it out with a 56 or even my 60 and that's the back fine. of my stance. You know? yeah. um, whereas I feel like I lose a little bit of touch, um, probably just because I'm not as comfortable with the nine right now. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think, and look, it, you know, it's all about feel. It's all about preference. It's all about what you can do the best. But for, for guys that are 
struggling with the really bad miss mm -hmm. with chipping a pitch and occasional skull, you know, or they're thinking about the chunk. Using the nine, for example, just takes yeah. that out. Very of, small you know, motion, really very, light. Yeah, you know, and so, um, be, you know, you've got a whole arsenal kind of clubs. It can be a pitch match, you know, and look, if you're, if you're obsessed with using your 60, well, maybe you start with your 54, right? Like, you know, yeah. but like just kind of working down with your clubs just to get that ball on the ground. In a yeah. Way. Try and try and stick it, you know, 10 feet, five feet. Um, yeah. But, but so that's, that's for low shots and high shots. I thought we had an awesome uh, experience, you know, working on high shots. So for good enough players, especially when, you know, you don't say you're behind a bunker, right. And you got to really pop it up and get it on the grain. Um, too often or not, everybody's trying to do the flop shot, the classic flop shot of, you know, that we see on TV and it's the, you open your stance, you open your club face like this and you try to take it straight up and just get on. Flop shot's got to be the most, the scariest yeah. shot for yeah, amateur golfers, I right? And I think we've, you know, we worked on a very simplified version of that, right? You know, uh, we took one, well, we didn't open our stance. We didn't really open the club face and we didn't take it up, think about taking it up with our hands, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I wish I could, we should, I'm not a certified short game expert, but if I did a video of this, it might help. But, here, but here's the situation. You're behind a bunker. You've got probably 15 feet of green to work with. You got to just get this up and on the green and give yourself a, you know, it's hard to get this close. What we did instead, Ev, and you can kind of talk through it after I say this, but all right, it was a deep, good lie. We put it up in our stance. We played it off our front foot, right? We took the club and we kept it pretty square and we tilted our shoulders, okay? That was our setup. And then we just made a normal pitching swing. We didn't think about manipulating our hands straight up. We just took a normal swing and it popped right up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, Do you remember my so, reaction? <laughs> you were like, "What? The, what is? This? Like, what is this?" Like, <laughs> I think I just started laughing. I just started laughing because so, I'm just like, <laughs> I thought I had to like. Remember how like I got real squatty and I had yeah, the face wide open, <laughs> yeah. and I was swinging like a full swing, <laughs> like a bunker yeah. shot. Right. Like you're gonna hit some explosion like yeah 20 yard bunker shot and you're like no shot. you just and actually this is a perfect segue into what i want to talk about next which is body stillness yeah versus a lot of you know you'll see on instagram and, and others you know the pros and teaching professionals talk about like continuing rotation like yeah. having your chest follow the ball but it's funny i think that actually hurt me i right. think me personally, um, I already was doing way too much rotation because, again, right. trying to bring my swing around the greens. Right. What you well, did. What, yeah. Go ahead. What I, what, what I just think, because I, I don't want to trick the listeners here, that I'm not talking about. It, it, it's shifting your weight yeah. versus body rotation. Right. You're absolutely. And every shot you hit, whether it's high or low, your weight's got to go to your left side. We're always shifting our weight. But that's simplifying like what you're describing in your Yeah. And and look, maybe this is just more of a like so this is this should be really helpful. When I was at my member guest in the shootout, right? Hundreds of people watching us. Sudden death elimination. You know, you're playing where people are getting shots. It's alternate yeah. shot. My partner's a scratch player. Any shot 
that goes wayward in those scenarios, you're pretty much out, right? There's more pressure in that moment than maybe I've ever had in my golfing career. It's the closest thing I've had to playing, you know, real competitively. And when I was under pressure (laughs) and I, there was, I'll never forget this shot. I was probably 50 yards off the green. Um, Ryan's shot came up short in this downhill par four. I think it was 16 at Meadowbrook in St. Louis. And flag was in the middle in the back, elevated green. And I was like 50 to 40 yards off the green. That's, and there's a bunker in the front. That was like, you know, it's on me to give Ryan going back to give him a chance, right? Oh, yeah. Give him a chance and look at it. Um, I just had to put it 10 feet. I had to. Right. You can't lose the tournament in that moment. No. If I put it in the bunker, if I hit it right. long with in the high rough downhill right. shot, like it would be over. Yeah. If and you try so to do too much. What I did, yeah. what I did in those shots that, and I remember this from our session, was I felt like my body wasn't moving. Now, I'm sure it was. But right. to me, my thought Don't was, yeah. I am staying perfectly over the ball, and I'm swinging really light, just my arms, and I'm yep. finishing my motion, right? Yep. And I just did, like, my classic little shoulder swing yep. you taught me, just very simple. I'm not trying to do too much. Very, I'm staying in the swing. I'm staying in my quiet, posture. Very quiet. Very quiet. Quiet, I think, is the key. And yes. I nipped it perfectly and i nipped it so perfectly that it was a one hop stop to like eight feet and get a few you know, claps, people claps people were crowd, you know? the crowd <laughs> erupted like it was an amazing shot but i think the point was is that i was so fucking nervous right but i yeah, focused totally. on quiet i focused on a right. quiet body and i think that'll that's right. probably really helpful now, of course, you don't want to get so armsy and stuff and think about just going after the ball. Like, you want to finish. I think the, the reason why people say rotate is you want to finish swinging. So many people, yeah. we haven't talked about deceleration. Right. Um, but no, you always got it. You always got to shift. Quiet body is really helpful around right. the greens. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it's huge, right? And, um, you know, there's, there's ways to get the ball high, you know, without having to do to manipulate everything. And, I, and, and, and if you want to improve your short game, you've got to be thinking that way, you know, but yep. that's, you know, that takes a little time, but like how much easier of a shot is it? How much easier of a shot is it when you just keep that club face square and set your angles and go? Yeah. Well, I know we've gone through a lot real quick. Let's hit on deceleration because I just thought of it. Um, if in case you haven't heard that term before, I'm sure most of you have, but in case you haven't, it's basically the, the classic amateur move is you're around the greens, you take probably a bigger backswing and yeah. you slow it down after it gets good. the yeah. ball. And then what happens is you chunk it or you skull it because you, you come off of it and it creates a lot of issues, right? right. Before we go into like the technique and the mental side of it, I'm just curious the the why yeah. of that, right? Well, I think well, it's fear. I, a lot of teachers unfortunately teach this like clock sequence where you gotta take it to, you know, three o'clock, six o'clock. 
and it really revolves going back to the trans the transfer of the full swing into your short game, right? That's I think off, the key. And and you just take all the feel, all the creativity out, and you're creating this slow, big, non-aggressive motion, where you know, and uh, you know, Phil Phil did his short game videos like ten years ago. I think you can find this on YouTube. He talks about that forty or fifty yard shot, and you got to get your weight get your weight on your left side. It's a shorter, more aggressive transfer your weight and finish shorter. You know, like it's a it's a good, I don't want to say quick, but it's a faster, more compact motion. Um, you know, and that's how you transfer your weight. When you take it back further and you're trying to be smooth, that's where the deceleration comes from because, you know, um, it's just, it's not, an, it's not a very even motion, you know? Yeah. And again, look, shorter the swing, you know, your weight's already set on your left side. It's actually more of a mitigated <laughs> effort too, you know, because yeah. the ball is going to come out lower, more driving, and have spin. Yeah. So it's a teaching thing. I really, I really believe that, you know. Yeah. I think I for think. beginner players, it's an easy thing to teach because it doesn't seem complicated, but you won't get better from it, right? You won't be consistent from it. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, deceleration is comes from fear. But I also think it comes from um, not th- not thinking about the right mechanics. Yep. So if we could wrap this up and give someone a few takeaways from everything we talked about, to me, the big takeaway from our session was short game is not a miniature version of your full swing. And yes. it's let the lie dictate what you do. Right, a simple sweep, or you go after it and hit down at it. Right, or if it's, low, if it's not, first high. yeah, yep, and you let. Yep. So it's the it's those two things mixed with what am I trying to do, and what what's what gives me the best chance? What gives me a look at a putt, right. at a par, right. you know, or a birdie, whatever it is, or a bogey. And the la- and the last thing I'll say for all these for our listeners who are looking for to find those three or four strokes to shave those strokes, you know. Focus around the greens on those difficult chips and pitches. Hit it to bigger areas. Give yourself a chance for par. Yeah. You'd be surprised what you're going to do. And, and what I just realized, Matt, before we wrap up here, some people might be thinking, this is a mental game about short game. We haven't really talked about putting. Not yet. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, Maybe we should do a full one on putting. Um, but... Let's give a little taste. I think putting is a lot technique too, but maybe um, I think distance control is yeah. is one of the biggest issues. It's not oh. about making. Well, right. let's start uh, there, and then I've got something that's really helped me over the years. Distance control is everything. Else. It's everything. Because reading greens is challenging. Yeah. Right, understanding where the which way the grass is going and where it's moving, and you know, especially if you're playing undulating greens, it's tough and it's an it's going to be a, it's a journey to get better at reading things. But when you're practicing, you need to practice 20 to 40 footers for the you know the majority, especially as you're you know if you're you know in the you know if you're a 15 handicap, if you're a 20 handicap, you know because it gets back to just plus three plus, right, right, and 
you might be the greatest green leader, but if you have no feel, the only way you get better at feel is just getting 10 balls on the, on the putting on the practice green and spending an hour. Yeah. Just, so know, here's something that's really helped me with that, Matt. That's actually something really tactical that people can try. Um, there's two things. One is I found the more that I think about and focus on trying to make a putt, I never make them. The ones I make, I get obsessed with a mark a foot away from my ball and rolling it over that mark. Because what that does for me, and I think for most people, is it gets you into this more fluid motion of rolling the ball over your spot. And you know that there's people make perfect putts that don't go in and you don't, you hit a miss hit that goes in. It could hit something on the green. You could misread it. Like you can't control that happens all the time. All what you can control is putting a good stroke on. If you haven't read the book, how to make every putt really short book, easy read. Fantastic. Because in their minds, I forget the author. uh, He says making every putt just means making the putt you tried to make, meaning rolled it over your spot. Right. Had it kept your head down. Like, that you just made that putt. If it goes in, that's another thing. Um, But the second piece of this that's really helped me with distance control is when I I found that when I putt the best, it almost feels like the putter is really light in my hand and I'm almost letting it go through impact. For sure. Um, And I know that might not work for everyone, but for me, that has helped me almost let the club do more of the work where I found if I'm getting really punchy at it, that's when your distance control can get off, at least for me, because some days you're on, other days you're punching it too far and it's going way past the hole. Other days you feel like you can't get it to the hole. I don't really have those issues anymore because I'm much more letting the club do the work and me letting go of it or feeling like it's really light in my hands helps me do that. Oh, for sure. I think when you talk about finding a spot, and if and if a little mark or a spot's too, too tough for some people, putt to an area, right? You read yeah. the, you know, you just putt to a little area, and you know that kind of like frees things up for you. It's yeah. it, it, it's like I, I don't know what. There's a drill like if you're on a if you're on a practice putting green, you put a twenty footer or thirty footer to the hole. Your mind's kind of obsessed, but if you just put a flag stick down and say putt to that flag stick, nine out of ten times you're gonna hit that flag stick. Right. Right. And it's because, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it frees up your motion, right? So, because you're putting to like an area. So, and yeah, controlling of attention. Feeling free, right? The last thing I'll say um, is part of the one thing we didn't talk about with chipping mental approach is where you want to leave yourself for the best possible putt, right? For sure. So, like, oh, instead yeah. of, Think about the feeling of a day where you have downhill sliders all day versus a day where you have uphill eight footers. You could shoot the same score, but one feels like you really could have gone low and you left it out there. And the other felt like, oh my God, you held on for your dear life. Right? So that's the other thing. If try and make it easy on yourself, if you're not comfortable with putting, leave yourself uphill putts, leave yourself 10 feet short with your chip. But at least you've right. got to look at it that you can be aggressive with your putt versus right. constantly being above the hole and have no chance. Correct. And that ties into the long game uh, things we talked about. When you miss it, you've got to try to miss it more short of the green. Yeah. Right? right? And so then that gives you easier chips. But it's yeah. the same idea 
when you're in trouble, right? You know, it's okay sometimes to hit it past the hole, right? When we talk about hitting it, chipping it to an area because then you come back, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that's your goal. You know what? If it's not going to be close, it's at least going to be past the hole and it's going to be 12 feet up the hill as yeah. opposed to trying to get cute. So, and look, like, you know, that's, you guys aren't that's, gonna... a, that's a complete frame of mind, you know, yeah. for the approach to golf. And look, you go out and you try this stuff. You might still leave it above the hole. We all make yeah, mistakes on executing. <laughs> yeah. But the point is, is that if you, if you play golf with the mindset of, all right, well, let's, let's see what's, what, I, what I got here. Okay. Yeah. What do I have? I got this lie. I got this type of shot. I'm trying to put it here. You are so far ahead of the curve just with that. And then, however it ends up, you say, okay, how can I give myself a chance? Right. And then you give yourself a chance. And if you play like that, I guarantee you, you will shave four to five strokes just around the greens. Make less double, make less double bogeys, shoot lower scores. It's all, and it's all in the approach to the shot. Hey, the lie tells a story, right? Ev? And success leaves clues. (laughs) I've heard that. Success does leave clues. (laughs) All right. that That was fun. All right, guys. Well, hopefully this helps you. Um, we might even do a putting one. We'll see. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, hit us up on Instagram and Twitter and, and even TikTok at the par train and send us in your questions, DM us, tweet at us, and we can do mental game mailbags and different things. Um, we, can, we can do some little instructional videos. <laughs> it's really helped me, you know, so I, I hope yeah. it really helps you guys. But verbalizing really does help. So great yeah. stuff. All right. Well, everybody uh, play well. Um, this will come out on Sunday with the tour championship. So hopefully that's good. And, uh, yeah, go to Roback, go to the link in the bio and get yourself 20% off the best year in golf before it, before it sells out. Love it. See you guys. All right.